The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome on and all to TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL show presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you are in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling column call 1-800-GAMBLER. Age and eligibility restrictions do apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com. For details, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, etc., etc. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. I say us. My name is RJ Cho from Blog and the Boys. Their names are Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation and Steven Serda from Arrowhead Pride. BLG, happy Friday, TGIF. Happy Friday. Very excited for playoff football on Saturday and Sunday. The big games on those two days only and no other days at all. Steven, um, what is the weather like? You are, um, well, I don't want to dox you, but you're, you know, relatively speaking, a Kansas Cityan. Is that the proper term here? Uh, yes. Yes. I live so, in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, that would be cool. Like, you know, I know BLG is going to like offer your social and tax information in a moment. Uh, but um, how cold is it? Because that's the thing. That's all anybody wants to talk about. So what's the, give us a, a, a lay down or a lowdown on the, the temperature, please. Um, it's very cold right now. So it had been in the thirties most of the week. And today I think it's like 10 degrees. So we're still above zero, but it's supposed to dramatically drop overnight tonight. And it did that last night too, but it hasn't snowed anymore. It snowed a bunch earlier this week. I don't think it's going to snow anymore. It's just going to be crazy cold and awful outside. So I'm, I already stocked up on groceries. I'm not going to leave my house the entire weekend. Probably. Kansas Uh, city is in the icebox. Um, True. that's uh, interesting. What's your like? What did you stock up on, Stephen? Like, while while we have you, like, are, is this like a pop tart situation or like a you know pasta? Like, you know, no, you- it's start of the year, so I'm trying to eat healthy. So I got a lot of health foods. I ate some Greek yogurt with blueberries and a banana this morning was my breakfast. So stuff stuff like that. A lot of cucumbers, a lot of avocados, healthy foods. Uh, BLG, I feel like if it's going to be really cold, I wouldn't want like fruit and yogurt. You know what I mean? Like mm. that. I, why would you want to like amplify? The yeah, cold? as a dietitian, I'm sure you definitely have the pulse. <laughs> I am I'm a trying, to eat, I'm trying to eat healthy. I don't. I, I'm not a big soup person either. So Ooh, I'm not, that's I'm tough. Not, 
Yeah, I, love I don't know if you know who you're talking to here, Stephen, but that's a that's a no no around these parts for Brandon. <laughs> yeah, just not uh, don't like drinking my food. Like to eat it. Wow. Mm. Do you have a retort on soup, Brandon? Could do like a chili. How do you feel about that? Chili's fine, but okay. I a skyline chili maybe. I mean, sure. I would eat chili whenever. I don't. I don't. I don't count chili as like in the soup family. Really, I agree. It's different. Um, that is. Um, that concludes soup talk here on uh, on TGI football. Uh, it is a unique time of year. Obviously, there are six NFL games happening across. How do you guys feel about Super Wild Card Weekend? I know it's the third one, but has this mm. like? Do either of you refer to it that way? Have, have you no. accepted the NFL's branding? Uh, unironically, no. Ironically, uh, yes. Okay, well, it is super wild card weekend. There are two games on Saturday. The aforementioned, um, you know, freezing uh, competition between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. But we will not be talking about that game. In fact, this is an NFC edition. Stephen, mm. welcome to our territory. Some people are calling this the NFC mixtape, which I don't know if you know that, Stephen. Um, we accidentally have the NFC East mixtape called that all the time. Like people will be like, can't wait for the NFC mixtape this week. It's like, you know. You just it just sounds time. better, I guess. Like it's easier to say. I disagree. The extra with that. syllables really. are a hurdle for some people. The extra one syllable east. I get it wrong sometimes. It's just... <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying the All Pro team, and somehow Trent McDuffie made the All Pro team, but Legarius Sneed didn't for the Chiefs. We um. We're going to get to – so we're going to talk about the NFC playoff games, but you mentioned it, Stephen. Actually, right before we started recording slash streaming, um, the Associated Press announced the All-Pro teams. Why don't you rip through them for us, please? Uh, hang on. Wait, what do you mean? You just, like, read the whole thing? <laughs> no, well, rip through the notable things. I mean, like, your big takeaways. I mean, <laughs> read Lamar Jackson, uh, first-team quarterback, uh, first-team running back, Christian McCaffrey, fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, tight end, George Kittle, wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Trent Williams at left tackle. The 49ers are well represented. Joe Tooney at left guard. Is that an oversight, maybe? Some people saying he's overrated, Stephen. Um, Jason Kelsey, definitely overrated, Brandon. Uh, at center, Zach Martin at right guard. Panay Sewell at right tackle. I mean, this makes sense. It's all pretty chalk, right? Do we have any problems with this so far? Um, I think my biggest problem with it is the cornerback situation, which, you know, I, I mentioned Legereus Sneed did not make for first or second team, but Trent McDuffie did it. And Legereus Sneed has been the Chiefs' best defensive player this season. Um, I don't have an issue with Deron Bland making first team all pro. I do have an issue with Sauce Gardner making it over Legereus mm. Sneed. I, Sauce Gardner's a spectacular player, but nobody's been uh, a lockdown corner quite the way Legereus Sneed has been this season. So I think it's absolutely insane that he didn't even make the second team All-Pro. BLG, the corners this year on the first team All-Pro list are Deron Bland, of course, Sauce Gardner, and its slot, Trent McDuffie. Um, now, again, Deron had, you know, broke the record for pick sixes in an NFL season. So, I, again, it's understandable. Um, the Sauce Gardner thing, while this is an All-Pro list and not a Pro Bowl list, it does feel like a little bit of, you know, name value for Sauce Gardner mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, I mean, that's natural. It's going to happen. Um, but I'm looking through here. I don't think anything looks crazy at a place that I'm seeing. I think Bland was probably more up and down than the ups would kind of indicate. That's fair to say, right? I'm not saying he was, like, bad. I'm just saying like, there were significant downs in there, too. That Seahawks game stands out as one where he was getting, like, cooked all game long. Um, but and I, and I do think Sneed is a fair point to bring up as a snub. Um. I would offer as the biggest snub um, candidate or whatever, if you have one, Brandon, I'd love to hear it. 
Micah Parsons, only a second team all pro. Wow, what a um, shock. The edge rushers on the first team. There was the NFLPA. I don't know if you, you guys saw this um, all pro list that came out early in the week. And a bunch of Cowboys fans were like, this is stupid because it was Miles Garrett and TJ Watt at the edge rusher positions. That's who made it on the first team list. Uh, Micah Parsons is a second teamer, as is Dak Prescott. It's kind of hard to argue against Lamar at number one. Uh, I think that's emblematic of how MVP will go. Maybe this is emblematic of how defensive player of the year will go. Uh, but yeah, uh, kind of shocking to see Micah Parsons overlooked a little bit like that. That's definitely my biggest description. Well, who are you putting him above? above? I'm putting him ahead of TJ Watt. Why? He has more pressures. He's he's more he's okay. double teamed way more often. That's why. TJ Watt's like what the first player? Did he become like the first player to have what double digit sacks or whatever? And like four C, like there's a consistent track record of excellence here. In addition to the Steelers are just noticeably not the same team when he is not playing. Like he is he had, he had what 19 sacks this year? Yeah, like, yeah a lot of sacks. Well, I, are you really? You're arguing against that? He had 19 tackles for loss too. Like he had 36 quarterback hits. Um, you're arguing against tie, this. He had four forced fumbles. Break the tie on Micah. See the interception. I, I think TJ Watt deserves it just because of body of work. Um, Mike, body Mike of work. A, what are you talking about? It's a Mike seasonal a award. Well, like yeah, it's but, close though. But like that's what it always comes down to, which is why like some of these players are getting the nod over a player like a Jerry Sneed because he's just not a player that's like top of mind. You think a best cornerback in the NFL? Nobody thinks of Jerry Sneed. Like. TJ Watt is one of the faces on defense in the NFL, and he also had an incredible season. Even if Micah Parsons has more pressures, TJ Watt's got the sacks, and that's what everybody looks at. Um, do you have a, a biggest oversight or biggest problem, Brandon? Britton Covey should have made it at punt returner. <laughs> Look up I his mean, punt return numbers. It's, it's They're better than Rashid right. Shahid's. Charvarius Ward team. made second team. And like uh, Charvarius Ward's great, great player. Fantastic mm-hmm. season for the 49ers. But over Legarius Sneed, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of that right. is because the Chiefs aren't as good. Like the offense not being good is hurting the defense's reputation. <laughs> There's probably truth to that. Uh, um, congratulations to AJ Cole, first team punter from the Las wow. Vegas Raiders. Are you ready to move on? Are y'all good? You happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we're not going to touch on the AFC games. I guess we can offer picks if y'all really want. Uh, the Wednesday show. Well, we have some it. locks to get to at some point. Yeah. Brandy, can you please let me do my job. Please just yeah, chill out a little bit. Um, our discussion is going to center around the NFC games, but we will, of course, offer picks for the AFC games, but we're not going to mm-hmm. dive deep into them the way that the Wednesday show did. All right. Thank you, Brandon, for rudely interrupting. That mm-hmm. being said, um, we could zap one another, um, but I feel like that would really suck um, on this particular episode because uh, we're only talking about and discussing three games. We each do have a lock of the week to hand out, um, and we can lock, obviously, up games that are not the ones that we're discussing so that we have the whole field to work with. We do have our same game parlay uh, segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings. We will be discussing the Los Angeles Rams Detroit Lions game in that capacity. Um, do you want to handle that? Do you want to go in chronological order? Steven, you tell us. What mood are you in? Let's do it. Let's go pick three. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Okay, let's do our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Last week, gentlemen, we had a goose egg. We got skunked pretty badly um, Mm -hmm. on the same game parlay. We went with the regular season finale, the Buffalo Bills visiting the Miami Dolphins, and not one of us got anything right. As far as regular season standings, BLG, you lead the way with an even Steven Jason Garrett style and nine and nine five hundred record i am eight and ten steven you are seven and eleven so we do have a chance to have anybody take this thing home before the super bowl is officially over that being said we are basing this week's game uh same game parlay around the rams lions game also in the sunday night slot um so brandon as our clubhouse leader what is your leg of the parlay and why i'm going simple i'm going the over on 51 and a half points scored in this game total i think it's going to be a exciting high scoring game you're inside in the dome there matthew stafford's gonna be putting up a lot of offense certainly going up against that lions defense that has been leaky especially against the pass uh so i think that's going to be an issue for detroit with puka nakua and Cooper Cup having big days. I also think the Lions certainly are quite capable of putting up points and moving the ball very well. So I don't see a defensive struggle here. I see offense being the name of the game, and I think it's a high-scoring, very exciting, down-to-the-wire affair. This game does have the highest over-under of the weekend, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. So if there are fireworks, you are anticipating that they are going to be in this particular game. I don't think anyone's taken an over-under this year, like just in general. Uh, You've always tried to identify the kind of weird and quirky prop, you know, bets that you can take. Granted, this is like the most obvious one possible. Like, I'll just take the over-under, you know, whatever. So way to be... um, you know, unique. Uh, Steven, you're last, which means you have to go last. Um, I am taking Kyron Williams, who has had an incredible season, obviously, as an anytime touchdown score, minus 180. Like, if, if you can count on one thing in this game, to me, it's that Kyron Williams is going to score a lot. Um, this feels like a mortal lock. Watch this be the game where he is finally hindered. It's not like the Lions defense is great. Uh, so I like those odds. I like the idea of a lot of scoring happening, which kind of lines up with Brandon's prop as well. So uh, that's where I'm at. Steven, take us home. I am selecting Amon Ross St. Brown over seven and a half receptions. Uh, kind of everything that you guys have said. I expect a lot of points in this game. I, I do think this game has the best chance of being a legitimate shootout on, on both sides. And Amon Ra, I, we still don't know the status of Sam Laporta necessarily. I think he got in some practice time this week, but he's super questionable. And initially they said it was probably unlikely he would be available this week. So if their star rookie tight ends out, I just expect Amon Ross St. Brown to get funneled a ton of targets this week, and it's a great matchup for him. So I, I just want to see a ton of points. I, I want to see an offensive explosion in this game. Uh, plus 305, the overall line on our same game parlay. Brandon, what does that mean? 10 bucks gets you a profit of $30.50. What would you buy right now, this exact second? With thirty dollars and fifty cents, two pizzas. I don't think you can get two pizzas for that much. Yeah, you can. Yeah, thank you. Can. No, not for that and under. Like maybe for like thirty-two bucks. But like my point is, like you got to dip into your your pocket at that point. No, I can. It get probably won't be fancy pizza, but. Yeah, yeah, there's probably somewhere um, too. I mean, BL, deal, let's, the playoff let's be straight up about this. BLG is kind of a food snob. I don't think BLG is getting two pizzas <laughs> that he's enjoying for under thirty bucks. Everything has a seat at the table. I could go to a chain 
restaurant if I wanted to. That's not yet. how you roll. You like to be too unique. That's not true. I mean, the only chain I've not ever known you to like consume any kind of product from is Dunkin' Donuts. Not an I ad. don't want to give any free ads here, so I was going <laughs> to say a name of a place, but then, uh, no, I will not. I refuse. But there are some, obviously, ones out there. Steven, I might be in the mood for pizza this evening for dinner, so what's your favorite pie? Just to kind of send us down the, the right direction here, since not all of us are dealing with a frozen tundra sort of situation. Uh, like toppings wise, um, I usually just get Supreme cause I like the, wow. I like the veggies plus the meat mixture. It's usually my go-to. I'm a pepperoni guy. I'm, I feel like you're both going to be upset by that, but no, all upset by that. I get 86 olives on the spot. Wow. I don't like the expression of 86 and things like it just doesn't work. In my mind. Well, you uh, obviously it, never worked in a restaurant. <laughs> um, I never have. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Uh, that is our same game parlay. Okay, once again, we have three games to discuss. Um, I guess we can offer some picks really quickly, um, and we'll go in chronological order. Brandon, the Cleveland Browns are visiting the Houston Texans. At the time of this streaming recording, the Texans are two-point home underdogs. Yeah, I am locking up in, spoiler alert, a lock-off between you and me. I'm locking up the Brown side of this. I just want you to know, RJ, that quarterbacks making their first playoff start against a quarterback with previous playoff experience are 16 35 and one against the spread for a cover percentage of just 30.8 ever. Also, if you look at the last four rookie quarterbacks to win a playoff game, you have 2022 Brock Purdy, who did it against Geno Smith in his first start. You have 2012 Russell Wilson, who did it against RG3 in his first playoff start. You have 2011 TJ Yates, who did it against Andy Dalton in his first start. You have to go all the way back to 2009 Mark Sanchez against Marv Lewis, who, what, never won a playoff game as the Bengals head coach? That's the last time you can find a rookie quarterback who won their first playoff start. So give me the Browns. Good vibes. Only minus two. Uh, They cover this. Absolutely. They're winning this game. Browns have immaculate, immaculate vibes. They're going on a run with Joe Flacco. I don't know why it was necessary, Stephen, to out my lock. I mean, he could have offered all of that opinion (laughs) um, without ruining uh, my lock. I am locking up the Houston Texans. I want to retire the phrase immaculate vibes. We've said it too much as a society. It's 
it's actually become dumb at this point. I mean, if you want to incorporate the word vibes in, in nomenclature, that's fine. But like immaculate vibes are, have now become stupid by definition. Um, that's my take. That being said, the vibes in general are great with the Houston Texans. First rookie head coach and quarterback to make the playoffs. I mean, like, I love this team. I've loved this team since day one. The Monday Football Monday record supports that I picked them to win the AFC South. Who won the AFC South? That would be the Houston Texans. I'm riding this thing um, for just a little while. Uh, I'm you know, not prepared to say it's going all the way or anything like that yet. At some point, the Joe Flacco clock has to strike midnight. And, you know, not in the playoffs, I'm, baby. Uh, January <laughs> Joe, which I didn't know was a name until recently. Uh, but I will take the Houston Texans, Stephen, and uh, lock them up. So put one of us in the icebox. I've been going back and forth on this one all week because Flacco traditionally just plays better in the postseason. And like that Super Bowl run he had with the Ravens, he was phenomenal. And that's so it's not a crazy thing, especially the way he ended the season. But I also think that they did, weren't going up against great competition. And so at the end of the day, I'm leaning with the wow. Houston Texans because wow. I love CJ Stroud. I love everything he's done. And I think the Texans have a slight coaching advantage with D'Amico Ryan. So mm. I'm going with the Texans. Also, Laramie Tunsil has had a lot of success against Miles Garrett. So I think that's a really tough matchup that's getting overlooked in this one. So I'll go with the Houston Texans. You know what that means? Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. An appropriate way to send us to Saturday night. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but this game's only on Peacock. Um, mm. So, you know, I'm sure that that has not been annoying at all for you this week, Stephen. Uh, the Chiefs are four and a half point favorites in the aforementioned cold. Uh, where are you leaning and why? So this is actually my lock of the week. And mm. it's because I just think the, the cold atmosphere and there, there's been so much discussion about the weather this week. And I hate having these kinds of conversations <laughs> ahead of football games. But it is a crazy circumstance where this has a chance to be like the coldest game in NFL history. So I don't even think it's a dramatic advantage for the Chiefs at this point, like compared to the Dolphins, because who's used to playing in this kind of weather? But the Chiefs have played a lot of postseason games. They played a lot of postseason games at Arrowhead Stadium in the cold weather. And at the end of the day, please, they pay a lot of money for that. And at the end of the day, I just. They're the healthier team. Like I think we we charted it last night on an Arrowhead Pride podcast. Like the Dolphins are missing six players who mm. played when they played earlier this season in Germany, and those are six like key defensive contributors. So I just think the Dolphins are are way too banged up. I think the Chiefs are going to try to play it safe in this one, run the football, try not to turn it over, and play defense because that's been the best way for them to win football games this year. So. I feel comfortable locking the Chiefs up. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I think it's going to be ugly. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and they're the much healthier team. So I feel much safer picking them over the Dolphins. Brandon. I'll keep it simple. I just told you about why I'm picking the Browns, in part because I just don't trust the first-time playoff quarterback start. That's what Tua is doing in this situation. And I don't trust that going up against Patrick Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I'm want to talk myself into a little bit of like fun potentially because this is a prime time game obviously um and the cold being an equalizer but i can't like i'm you know i don't believe in kansas city as much as i really ever have in the Mahomes era which i think is fair steven um but i certainly believe in them more in this spot so i'll take kansas city i'll lay the points and i'm already pre-annoyed at the like cold peacock streaming you know 
all sorts of stuff. Um, okay, so uh, I'll chalk there. Uh, that takes us to Sunday, the noon game. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Brandon, are in Buffalo at Orchard Park. The Bills now AFC East champions. They are nine and a half point favorites against Mike Tomlin. I have that Dolphins game from last year in my mind. When who were the Dolphins starting? Skylar Thompson. Like, there's no way yeah. that game should have even been competitive, and the Dolphins almost pulled that off. And for the Bills to what? Only then go and get like. I feel like that. I was, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about that prior to this game. Like that doesn't really get like talked about a lot. That was a pretty unceremonious end to the season. I talked about a lot. I tried to drag the Bills, and nobody wanted any of it. I'm not saying no one. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like the general. I think the general uh, conversation doesn't really talk about that game enough. Doesn't get enough attention. Like not just that they lost, but they they got, they got beat down bad. So I don't know, man. I just. So I typically when I feel like I go with Mike Tomlin as an underdog against the spread at the very least it works out <sighs> Mason Rudolph I, I'll, I'll say Tomlin finds a way to make this game competitive Bills win but uh, Steelers somehow find a way to make it competitive and they cover if TJ Watt was going in this game I would be seriously tempted to like pick a Steelers upset um, not because uh, I have a ton of faith in Mason Rudolph but just because I feel like this Bills run, while it's been impressive, while they went on this run to end the season and their defense really figured things out and they put it all together finally, and that's really, I think, what carried them to this run, to winning the division and getting the number two seed, they still haven't been great. Like, they still haven't been impressive. Like, all of those games, for the most part, it was like one player, the other, coin flip, and they could have easily lost those things. And Josh Allen's still turning the football over. There was a stretch of games where they were just like, we don't even want Josh to throw it right now. Like, we're just going to run the football because it's been so ugly. And if TJ Watt was going in this game, I I feel like it is like that Mike Tomlin, like just muck it up, gross, ugly football game. And the Steelers somehow like squeak out a huge upset. But without TJ Watt, I just don't think that they have the manpower to pull it off. And I wouldn't be shocked if this is similar to the Dolphins game last week where it's like, it's totally neck and neck, like into the second half, like just gross, ugly football game. And then Josh Allen makes one play that really puts them over the top and winds up winning. I don't think there's a chance that they cover the nine and a half point spread, but I'm going to pick the Bills in this one just because I don't think the Steelers stand a chance without TJ Watt on the field. I have gone back and forth on the Bills this year, as noted, and um, I think this is akin to the Patriots wild card win they had a few years ago. What was the score? Like 52 to 10 or whatever it was. And I think they just smoked them. And I think everyone is is all back next week. And however our lock winds up, BLG, um, the winner of that game would go to Baltimore next week, obviously. And this sets up for Kansas City to go to Buffalo next week on the division around. As everybody will be like jumping back on the bandwagon, the Bills are going to do this just for the Chiefs to smoke them in Orchard Park to get to the wow. Uh, so that's I'm kind of forecasting the next two weeks, but I'm taking the Bills to win really big here and everyone to kind of fall for it. But just know that that when it happens, you don't have to be that person because I've given you the future knowledge. Um, OK, that takes us to the games that we are actually going to be discussing. Really good production value here uh, from us in that we all locked up games that we're not actually discussing. Um, so, you know, kind of a whiff. Uh, but anyway, in chronological order, the Dallas Cowboys are hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon, the prime window for the glare uh, to peer through AT&T Stadium, although obviously with the weather in the country, maybe a bit more of an overcast sort of day. 
Dallas are favored by seven points at AT&T Stadium, where they have won 16 games in a row. Obviously, this is the Packers and Mike McCarthy. The Packers have been really hot as of late. Uh, I've talked to Justice Mosqueda, obviously, this week uh, for everything that we did at BTB. And he picked the Cowboys. Um, he is thinking, you know, hey, this this is kind of a overachieving team. We understand the flaws that they have. I am in no way, you know, underestimating the Packers and what they can do because Jordan Love is just playing stupid out of his mind right now. I was trying to figure out where the inflection point was and where things like really broke for him. And it really just has kind of been all along. I did isolate uh, things from Thanksgiving on. If you both recall, they, they waxed Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. Since Thanksgiving, he is second in EPA per play among NFL quarterbacks. Like, do we talk about that enough? Like, I don't think that we we are giving Jordan Luff enough, you know, proper credit. I recognize the team is really young, um, but this is a Cowboys team that has underwhelmed in these opportunities. And I don't think it's fair to say that that has everything to do with who they are, but it doesn't have nothing to do with who they are. Um the thing that kind of gives me the most confidence, I know this is weird, is Mike McCarthy said this week that last year when the Cowboys went to Lambeau Field that he fell victim to making that a little bit too much about himself and his return. And how could he not? Obviously, I mean, we all understand the way those things tend to work, uh, but that he has, you know, learned from that. And I applaud him for being humble enough to at least admit that. Dak Prescott is playing, I, I mean, Point me to the quarterback playing at a better level than him right now. Um, we did an exercise at Blog and the Boys talking about the people we trust the most within the Cowboys, and he was number one for most people. Um, I'll take the Cowboys, and I'm going to lay the points. I don't want to be a coward and emotionally. Mm. Um, but I do think it's a more of, more of a fourth quarter, not quite backdoor cover, but maybe they put things away with like, you know, 10, nine minutes left in the game and, and start to kind of cruise comfortably. Yeah, I think it's a one score game until like final couple minutes or so Cowboys get an extra field goal to kind of close out the game at the end, something like that or late score. I like Jordan love a lot. Like you said, the the Thanksgiving game was the first time I think I really got to see him in extensive action. And some of those throws he was making against the lions was just like this, like you said it earlier this week, I believe RJ about like imitating Aaron Rodgers. Like that looks like Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, I mean, I still think, it's a young Packers team. He's obviously making his first playoff start. I'm still betting against that. Cowboys have just dominated at home. There's no reason to not give them the benefit of the doubt in this spot. So I think the Packers have it competitive early on, and then they just fade because they're just not quite there yet in their phase uh, of the team that they are. They're a year away. I think next year, you know, if they if these two teams are playing, it'll certainly be more of a game. But right now, the Packers are just a little bit ahead of schedule, and they will lose, and they will not cover. I think most Packers fans are just happy that it looks like Jordan Love is a player. Like it's that yeah. that you know, let let alone actually making the playoffs this season. I don't think that was in anybody's expectations for this year. And they're an exciting young team, and I I just feel like the Cowboys are the more talented team, and it would take just a colossal collapse from Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott for them to lose this game. And just what the Cowboys have done at home this season versus on the road. Like I have to imagine that's going to carry over into the playoffs. Like their offense has just been unstoppable at home and the Packers defense doesn't have the guys to keep up with them. Like a lot's been made about how bad the Packers are guarding the middle of the field. And that's where Dak Prescott just absolutely shreds defenses. So I kind of expect the Cowboys to put up a lot of points in this game. I don't really expect it to be that close. Like, I think they easily cover here, and I think the Cowboys win. Did you, either of you, see the Jair Alexander thing that popped up on Thursday? 
Yeah, and I haven't seen if he's going to go or not because he's hurt now. Yeah, and for full clarity, we're doing this about lunchtime on Friday, um, but I'm looking for the exact wording here, and it was that he stepped on a teammate in a funny way. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't know. That's, so that's funny. Yeah, I don't know that that's bad vibes <laughs> or poor vibes or whatever, but um, it, it's strange how we all assume the Cowboys are just going to kind of take care of business here, but that's kind of who they've become. It's next week that is the like point of reckoning for Dallas. Right. Like, can you get past the divisional round? But obviously, they can't overlook this particular round. But okay, uh, clean sweep for the Cowboys here. That takes us to Sunday night football, the highest over-under of the week, as mentioned, and the um, second lowest spread for the home team. A true pick em. Uh DraftKings mm. has the Lions as three-point home favorites. First home playoff game for the Lions in 30 years, obviously. NFC North champions. We've talked about it a million times, but Steven, it's Matthew Stafford. Of course, drama, intrigue, devastation, heartbreak, tears of joy, whatever you want to call it, Matthew Stafford. Uh, my first question to you, Stephen, is will the Rams, excuse me, the Lions play him a video? Um, you know how this is often the case, or will they forfeit that given that it's a playoff game? And second of all, your thoughts on the game in general. I think they should play him a video. I think they owe Matthew Stafford a lot in Detroit. Um, and he was always like, it, we we talk about how bad that relationship ended with like Calvin Johnson and like Barry Sanders and these like generational players. Like it's all love for Matthew Stafford. That's a great like, point. like he's been, he's been nothing but like uh, a total pro about everything, despite all, all the awful years he had to go through in Detroit. So I think they should celebrate him. I think that would be very cool of the lions, but I, I think if the lions had to go on the road in the playoffs and, you know, obviously after this week, that could be the case if they, if they win, like I think I'm picking against the lions, but at home, they've been so much better on offense and Jared Goff has been so much more consistent at home that I think they still have the edge here. And I'm curious to see how the defense continues to play with Chauncey Gardner Johnson back in the lineup. He just came back last week and had an interception. Um, and their defense has been playing a little bit better down the back half of the season. Aiden Hutchinson's really come on. Their run defense has been strong all year. So I think it's a tough matchup for Kyron Williams. But this should still be a shootout. Like I still expect a lot of points in this game. And it'll be huge if the Lions can get Sam Laporta suited up in this one. Um, so I think I'm going to go Detroit here. But it, it's really, really close. This is a game that I'm probably going to stay away from Like as far as betting the line goes. I think it's fair to say it has the most upset potential. I know the odds, you know, say that as well. And it, it does make sense. But I like the Lions here. I just don't think their season is – it just doesn't feel to me like their – and I'm kind of doing this with the Browns too, and maybe I'm falling victim to rooting for the underdog, uh, or at least like the good story, not necessarily literally the underdog in this case, but, you know, the underdog kind of franchise, if you will, uh, in the Lions. And I just don't think their story ends here. I don't think that's what this season – has been about. I know the Rams have been trending in a good way. It's nothing against them. Uh, I like the Rams a lot. I just think at the end of the day that this Lions team is for the first time since January 1992 going to actually win a playoff game. I think the fans in Detroit deserve that. And just because they deserve it doesn't mean it'll happen. But I think that place is going to be uh, raucous. I think playing the Matthew Stafford tribute video would be a good move. It'll only get the crowd more fired up. I think they would love that. I think they would love to see that. I think they can, you know, separate that. Uh, this is a really cool thing. And also we're excited to beat this guy in our first playoff win. So uh, that'll be the greatest gift maybe of all that Matthew Stafford has given the lions in the end, when he throws a pick six to end the game and the lions win. Um, 
so I agree with you, BLG, that this has the potential for the biggest upset or whatever, but I would couch that with like, you know, like even if the Texans like upset the Browns, like I don't know that we would feel like it was like an upset, right? And even if the Bucks upset the Eagles, like I don't, again, if we're going off of game lines, I don't know that it would feel like an upset. For whatever reason, this actually would feel like an upset. Um, the Rams are hot. The Rams are the team I've been most afraid of. Uh, BLG could back me on this. I've been saying for weeks on the aforementioned NFC mixtape um, that I was really scared if the Cowboys did get the two seed that the Rams were going to be the seven. I was rooting hard for Carson Wentz last week. Um, and I like their odds. I, I've been, I mean, I know that you both want to believe in like the good story, but like you can both obviously see the like story of Matthew Stafford returning home and like twisting the knife, obviously in a playoff, you know, loss that he hands to Detroit. And I think that would really suck because the Lions have been a really fun story, but I trust Sean McVay. I've, I've been a huge Sean McVay hater and I will walk a lot of it back in a way that Brandon's way too proud to do. Um, McVay has coached his ass off this season. He, he tore them down last year. Like, like they were bad, like the worst Super Bowl defense of all time last year. And now he, he gets deserves, credit because he's better this year. Well, like, he okay, because a lot he of sucked credit. last year. He deserves a lot of credit. Um, and I'm going to take the Rams. I, I like the points, especially here. You know, I, I would, I'm going to take them to win outright. Um, so yeah, I mean, by all means, and I'm also trying to manifest this cause I, I really want them to go to San Francisco and hopefully upset the Niners as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, this team won the super, I recognize the bones are very different, but they won the super bowl two years ago. Like, I don't know that we're, you know, I think we're dismissing them just a little bit too cavalierly. So give me the Rams. I think they're GM, they're front office. Fun fact about the ice box. Winter is coming. I'm in the ice box. The staff deserves more credit than it's gotten. For as well as Sean McVay has, I think you know getting like Puka Nakua is that's a huge deal. And um, I forget his name, so bad job by me. But the guy who's like been in consideration for uh, defensive rookie of the year, their defensive tackle that they found in the fourth round yeah. or so, um, the personnel staff has done a really good job there, despite not having you know like first. Round, this is the first year they're gonna have a first round pick in what forever. So uh, I've been impressed by that. And funny enough, Brad Holmes from that same front office once upon a time. Um. The Rams rock. I'm. This is the most I've ever enjoyed a Sean McVay Rams team, which is, it's been hard to, you know, because they've shoved down our throat so much. Um. So, but by the way, do you, either of you think, Steven, I'll ask you, do you think Jared Goff's a little bum? Like, nobody's talking about my revenge. Like, every, everybody's only talking about Matthew Stafford. <laughs> no, I think Jared Goff probably prefers it that way. I, I think he, he likes not being the center of attention because I think at the end of the day, if the Lions lose this game, it's going to be because Goff plays poorly. I think that's what it's going to take. Man, that would be really heartbreaking. Like, I would feel really badly for Jared Goff if he played and Stafford, like, lit it up. You know what I mean? Like, that would just really suck for him. That I would hate that for anybody, but certainly within the realm of possibility. Okay, so uh, one icebox pick as far as uh, the games we're discussing are concerned. Finally, Brandon, the game you are most excited for. Uh, the cherry on top of Super Wild Card Weekend. So much. Philadelphia Eagles are visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm on record, and I told you this on the mixtape this week. I hate this Monday game. It is so unfair um, to the teams playing. Whoever wins, obviously, is at a rest disadvantage. If the Eagles win, they're on a on the road and then going into a rest disadvantage. Like that is so stupid. But the NFL wants their money and they're gonna get it. Blah blah blah. Three point favorites the Eagles are on the road. And as I set you up, Brandon, have you seen that AJ Brown? has apparently deleted all football slash Eagles related posts from his Instagram. Yeah, I think he just went dark on uh, Twitter, too. So he seems to be doing the LeBron Zero Dark 30 or something. (laughs) I don't know. In any case, that's uh, a great movie, by the way. What is the opposite? 
what is the opposite of immaculate? Because that is whatever that is, is what the Eagles vibes are. Uh, the worst imaginable vibes. They're one and five in their last six. Meanwhile, the Bucks are five and one in their last six. Jalen Hurts isn't even like throwing this week, apparently, so far yet, as we're recording this on Friday. I'm guessing he's going to play, but I don't even know. AJ Brown hasn't been practicing. I, it seems like he's going to be able to play in this game, maybe, but man, um, I just, I'm picking the Eagles, to be clear, as an emotional hedge. I'm emotional hedge betting the Eagles. I don't want them Coward. to win this game because I think if they win this game, if they win this game in a blowout, okay, great. Maybe they turn the quarter. Actually, I will believe it when I see it. I don't think that's likely. Even then, it's still be hard to fully trust them. But if they win this game, all that awaits them is a blowout loss in the next round. It's just a waste of time. Watching this team is not fun. I don't want to watch more of this team. I'm so pissed that I have to watch this game at 8 o'clock on a Monday night when it should have been just the the game in the the arguably worst spot in the Saturday 4 slot there. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, but I will say, for as much as I don't believe in the Eagles right now, and I'm not picking them to be, because I believe in them at all, to be clear. But, I mean, the Bucks struggled to beat the Panthers. Like, I watched that game, and they only won 9-0. And it really should have been... Like, the Panthers were not that far away from winning. They had that touchdown right on the goal line that got knocked out. Like, very fortunate timing. And also, they had a, 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 a touchdown run called back on a penalty. Of, like, it wasn't a hold. It was just an like illegal formation. It had literally nothing to do with the run at all. So, point being... Like the Panthers were a lot closer to winning that game than even uh, a 9-0 score looked like. And Baker is also hurt, by the way. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Looks like he'll, he is practicing on Friday. I saw him miss a lot of throws that were there to be made. So I think this is honestly, honestly, this would be like an ugly game between two hurt quarterbacks. And I think it's possible that the Eagles could be the less worst team. I do think that realm of possibility exists. But at the end of the day, um, I if you want my actual pick what i what i think will happen i think the bucks will win but i'm picking the eagles to win because i don't want to see it happen <laughs> i i'm totally with you guys monday wild card is garbage um they i think it's totally unfair i i don't think that that should be something that teams have to prepare for or ever have to play through i i think it's really stupid um but man it's I, i'm with blg like the bucks and I've watched like a fair amount of bucks this season for some reason, just because they were like way more exciting than I think they had any right to be. Um, but yeah, they put up nine points against the Panthers and they only put up 13 points against the saints the week before. And that was kind of like a, an initial elimination game. Like if they would have just taken out the saints that week would have been locked up. Maybe they could have rested Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield against the yep. Panthers and he wouldn't be so banged up right now. And they totally fell flat and put up 13 points and did absolutely nothing on offense. So like it, it's especially with Baker being banged up, like he's had his moments this year. I know Mike Evans, Rashad White, like they, they've had great seasons and that offensive line ha has played a lot better than I think anybody anticipated. And so like the Bucks have some things going in their favor, but with Baker banged up, it's just really hard for me to believe that they can put it all together, especially after their two most recent performances where they could not get anything going offensively. And to put up nine points against the Panthers, and maybe it was just like, you know, we can beat the Panthers without our A game. We're banged up. We're not going to try that hard. Still, nine points against that team, against the, the team that had the worst record in the NFL that has been run on by everybody. Like, they, they didn't even find success on the ground. So it, it's just hard for me to pick the Bucks, even with the Eagles being so banged up. Um, 
yeah, the vibes are so bad for the Eagles right now, but I'm kind of hoping that they're still so talented if they're healthy, if they have all their guys on the field, that this is one of those games where it'll be ugly, but at the end of the day, one of their stars will make a play and put them over the top. So I'm still going to go with the Eagles because I just I don't have faith in the way the Bucks have played over the last few weeks. So as I begin to speak, I'm leaning towards picking the Eagles, but I have a question um, that will help me decide that. What is the like, if we take the final six games of the Eagles, like what is, if you have to pull one moment and say like, if that, if, if they can turn that, you know, into something, they win. Is it the third and 20 conversion against the Giants in the first game? Is that, that's the, like, again, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, but I don't mind if I'm, you know, smiting no. the Eagles in this process. But like, what's the, what's the like one moment where you're like, oh, that's it. Like they were back like that quarter, you know, that half, like what, what is the the portion that we can point to in these final six weeks? It would be like the first half of that Giants game on Christmas. But the thing was, it was Tommy DeVito playing like the defense looked its best. It's been in a very long time against a quarterback who clearly like just isn't an NFL quarterback. Uh, other than, you know, a little magical moment he had for briefly there. But as soon as, you know, Tyrod came in the second uh, uh, half of that game, right. things look different. And it's been a, it's been worse throughout that stretch ever since. So there really is nothing, I think, that you can hang your head That's, on. And then, it, like Stephen said, there's just, in theory, there's talent here, but... But when, no. when was the talent like last on display? Like that's what I'm saying. Like we're you know like the when, when AJ Brown had five or six hundred and twenty yeah like so receiving games like, in right. October is is what we're pointing yeah. to. Like I f- I feel like if we look at the highest points that they've each reached or their like progression across the season, I feel like the most recent peak, the several most recent peaks have been experienced by Tampa. You know what I mean? Like I don't know that any Philly peak in the last six weeks was as high as any Tampa peak. Does that make sense? It's it, well, you got it, Stephen. Well, I was just going to say, like, early on in the season, like in the Eagles, you know, getting off to that start where I think they only had like one loss for half the regular season or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like week after week, it was kind of close game, close game, close game. Stars put us over the top. We just got too many talented guys. Like, that's what they need to get back to desperately. Like, just win a tight, ugly game where A.J. Brown makes uh, a superstar play at the end or Devontae Smith makes a superstar play or something to put you over the top. Like, you just need those guys to go out there and make plays because they have not been able to get it done lately. And I think that's the difference in this game. If they can do that, then they'll win. But I I don't feel good about it. It's funny because the Eagles' largest margin of victory this year is over the Bucs. It was 14 (laughs) points. And the game was actually 25 to three until like a bit in the fourth quarter there where the, the Bucks kind of had like a garbage time touchdown plus two point conversion towards the end there. And then they never had the ball again. So like <laughs> in theory, you can beat this team. They've done it before. They played their best football arguably against this team. But uh, yeah, I just think a lot has changed since then. Specifically, the run. I know Steven, you just mentioned Bucks couldn't get their run game going into the Panthers, but the Eagles' run defense has been atrocious after getting off to an amazing start this year. So I do wonder if that could be different this time around. So it was that Tampa game, and I know we talked about it at the NBLG where the Eagles had that, and that was like the genesis of my take at the time. Like they have the ability to just have the one drive that you need at the one moment in time, and they had yeah. it in that in the you know the, in that fourth quarter. They just milked whatever it was like nine minutes off the clock. It was, yeah, it was like a nine minute drive where they could have scored if they wanted to, and it's like, now nah, we're just going to run out the clock. Right. So I just sent you both. Nobody can see this except for us. So you know, 
uh, kind of an elitist move on my part. Uh, but um, th- this is kind of what I was talking about. Like the last six weeks, uh, this is offensive and defensive EPA per play. The Bucks are smoking the Eagles like over these last six weeks. Like, and what a shock. Like we picked the, like again, they're, they're five and one. The Eagles are one and five. I know. So like, again, like it's like, we're just like giving them like reputational, you know, benefit of the doubt, you know, which, and like, when was the last time they cashed in? Like when I'm, I'm imagining, I don't know our picks off the top of our head, but like the last six weeks, we've, how many times have we said like, I'm going to pick the Eagles because, and I don't think what you're saying isn't sound Steven, but like it's burned us like five of the last six weeks. Like when are we going to learn that the stove is hot? I just can't do it. It's it, it, <laughs> if the if the Bucks would have dropped thirty points against the Panthers, I'd be like, I don't Tampa think it Bay takes that to, to do it. it. It's just nine points against the Panthers, and part part of this is probably betting too, because I keep leaning into the Bucks and they keep letting me down. So I'm just I'm just off the Bucks. I'm going with the Eagles. I'm not changing my mind. The line is weird for this Eagles team, but like what you're saying, I agree with what you're saying, RJ. But to be yeah. clear, also look at the line. They're favored by three. Like, what does that tell you? about the bucks i mean i just i think we're all like afraid to do it like i think we all agree that like i know well your pick is based i'm not on, afraid to on, do on, it on, yeah like your, your pick is based on different my things, fear Brandon, is but... that the eagles will win and it'll be this false positive and i'm like well we beat the bucks and nick sirianni's been to the playoff three years no i don't want to hear that um okay so your own uh personal uh aggression to the eagles aside i feel like the rest of us steven and i at least are picking like you know out of fear not to call you a coward steven you're not you're wonderful um except for your you know choice Man, of topics. it's kind of uh, it's kind of cowardly this this game i'm gonna do it i'm gonna pick the bucks like i just there's no i i you said should. all season long that i was gonna keep giving the eagles the benefit of the doubt gonna keep giving they have burned it like they have none left and i think that i certainly don't hope that they get better but i do think that they kind of need one like final kill shot to you know what i mean like fully send this into the tailspin that might you know incite the necessary changes but because like what was what's the like most embarrassing thing that's happened to them the niners loss like the dom thing yeah like the other losses have stung cardinals loss was the most embarrassing thing they didn't get like they didn't get like blown out that's what i'm saying though in terms of like i know the score doesn't look that way but if you look at like statistically like time of possession and efficiency the eagles got dominated in that game their offense played well but their de- dude, their defense literally didn't force a punt in the entire game. Like they got dominated. That Steven, was do you hear this? And you're picking kicking. them. Like that was two weeks ago, Steven. Um, I'm taking the bucks. Steven, you reserve the right to change after this conversation if you want. Four drives Fine. in the second half of that game and all touchdowns. <laughs> Fine, I'll pick the bucks. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> that means Brandon, you're in the ice box for the Eagles. <laughs> Fun fact about the ice box. Winter is coming. I'm in the ice box. Jeez. That was fun. All right. Who would have thought we could have done, you know? I had a question for you guys. Who do you guys want to be in the Super Bowl? Obviously, you can't say the team you cover. Steven, for you, that includes the Browns, because I know you have past allegiance to the Browns. You can't pick a team like that you actually, like you're a fan of or of at some level like that is the point of the question. Like, Let's take your fandom out of it. Like, which Super Bowl matchup do you want to see the most, or are you rooting for? I would say 49ers and Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're Conspiracy legitimately with the I just logo. I just think they're legitimately the two best teams. And uh, you know, the Ravens had their number in the first matchup, but I think that would be the best possible matchup game that we could get. Um I mean the Lions would be cool. I would be really annoyed at how much everybody would you know obsess about it um 
but Lions, anybody would be cool. Um, Lions, Texans would be the like Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick mm. thing. You know, that'd be kind of fun. Um, Lions, Ravens would be fun. I mean, the Lions and Ravens have some low key weird history. Like there was the Justin Tucker, like what was it like billion yard field goal that he had against them? Um, and then the the fact that the Baltimore blew them out earlier this year. Um, you know, plus I mean, I'm sure I, I would enjoy like the number of Lions fans who are Wolverine fans that would have to like root against a Harbaugh and they'd have to be like mm. beat over the head with that. There you go. Um, I guess the Bills don't interest me. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it would be obnoxious. Like, if the Bills in the Super Bowl, like, the number of, like, table-smashing uh, segments we would have to put up with on television would be annoying to me. Um, Miami's gotten a little bit annoying. Mm. Houston's my, like, most fun pick out of the AFC. And while I, w- while I believe in this Rams team, I wouldn't really enjoy it. So I'll go Houston-Detroit. I do think the Cowboys making it would be fun just from like a coverage standpoint because it would because because it's been so long and it would be such a huge deal like just across the country i've i've thought this for a few years now like obviously since we've had these jobs and whatnot but like obviously i would enjoy it but like it it would be i mean you could both attest to this and i can't obviously like i don't know that i would sleep like it would be the most exhausting two weeks of my life um like leading up to it and to your point steven like it would be very interesting to see the spectacle of of the Cowboys being in the Super Bowl and like how like well Brandon like it would be annoying like it it would be yeah, a bigger be annoying and in Vegas of all places like it would it would be I don't know that anybody on earth would be able to talk about anything else right? and that would be fascinating it's the Super Bowl that happens every year Stephen uh, A would be must see TV the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl I'm gonna say yeah that's true I'm gonna say uh, I want to see. Lions versus Browns. I think that'd be fun, you know. Uh, two long two down on their luck franchises. Yeah. Super, it also would be funny to see like a game between the two of them do the like most stupid rating of all time, just because it's a Super Bowl. You know yeah, well, I, mean? I know it, it's not connected to this at this point anymore, but that Lions Browns game uh, early on Stafford's career, you know, where he gets hurt at the end of the game, the shoulder injury he comes back in, they call a timeout, whatever he throws a touchdown. That was like one of the I think more entertaining games ever like that was a really so the reason game. you want to see them play in the super bowl in 2024 That's is right. because of a game they played against no, one another in 2008 but also joe flacco going to a super bowl and yeah. the browns going in the next season with deshaun watson would just be well um, would they that's right like what that's that, that I, is... I mean but that they don't like money wise like their hands are tied they owe him so much money still so wow, imagine be... paying a quarterback on your roster who didn't win you the super bowl after your team won the super bowl that would be really embarrassing yeah, i know all about that so <laughs> i know the and it would be fascinating to me. What, what do the Browns do? Yeah, next year. What is? I mean, Joe Flacco might just retire, but like, does he? He just won the Super Bowl. Maybe you want to, like, you know, give it another if, run. Is there a team out you, there who's desperate enough to sign him? That'd be very fascinating to me. I think if you want the chaos, though, like if that's the chaos you're rooting for, and I don't fault you for it, you don't want them in the Super Bowl. You want them to lose the AFC Championship game. You mm-hmm. want them to beat the Ravens in the division round and get the right. Joe Flacco story, and then lose in the title game, but like die trying, like 450 yards, like four passing touchdowns, and then all off season, it's like. We we can't go back to him. Like Joe had us right there Nick, right. this season. He's, you know what I mean? Like you need them to fall just short for the true debate to you know to happen. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. I'm rooting for the Browns the most, but I do think the bills are going to win the super bowl this year. So. Okay. Wow. You know why he wants the bills, Steven. So he could be like, well, the last time the Eagles were good before they broke this season, it that was is so know, not true. <laughs> that is so untrue. And they won their, it was because they were wearing their Kelly green jerseys and you know, 
and then then everything broke. And if you know, once Nick Sirianni's gone, yeah, this sounds to that exactly team. like me. You're right. Wow. Okay. Happy Friday, TGI. Um, Stephen, you say TGI. TGI. Yeah. <laughs>